0: Hola kids, how have you all been? I know it's been a while since I released an episode, but there is a surprise for you all. We have with us today a guest on this episode, Meena Jinturkar, who is a dear friend of mine and a trained Hindustani classical singer. She has had several memorable and wonderful performances. In fact, this episode is her brainchild, and she has provided most of the content for this episode and also lent her voice to some of the pieces. And I am, I can say, musically challenged. So, without her, this episode would not have been possible. So, a big thanks to her. Welcome, Meena.
1: Hello, friends. I'm Meena. I'm Purvi's friend. Do you hear something playing in the background? Well, the Tanpura. Just like how painters use canvas for painting the pictures, classical musicians like me paint our musical painting that is we sing the song on the background of the sound of Tanpura. I have been learning classical music for past many years and I also perform but I am still a student. There is so much to learn. Indian classical music is a vast ocean of knowledge. It feels great to be here with Purvi today having conversation with you all. Enjoy, have fun.
0: So kids, have you ever heard the mellifluous song of a coel? In the months of April and May, the coel sings its lovely song and fills the air with lilting music. It was raining last night and I heard raindrops falling on the glass roof of my lovely indoor garden and making the sound pitter patter pitter patter. The sound was so soothing. I can fall asleep to the sound of rainfall. And the sound of plates and glasses in the kitchen? Have you ever tried banging steel bowls of different sizes with a spoon? I guess all of us must have done that as children. They they all make different sounds. Yeah, I know some people might call it noise and not really music, especially when little ones do it. But every different shape and size of an object makes different sounds. The whole world seems to be filled with sounds. Isn't it amazing to just sit down, shut your eyes and listen to all these sounds? And that is what is precisely the ancient people did. Thousands of years ago, one musically inclined person must have sat on a boulder listening to these sounds and must have tried to imitate them, mimic the sound of the birds, the rhythm of raindrops, the gurgling of a river flowing down a mountain. That was the first piece of music by a human. And then humans learned to speak and languages emerged. They realized that there needs to be a sequence of sounds to form a coherent word and a sequence of such words to make a coherent sentence. Similarly, they understood that they could raise their voice and create a certain effect and then lower their voice and have a different impact. Then they tried so many different tones in the range that their voices permitted. what do you think these tones were? What was this range? This my friends is a song with a music. There are two distinct traditions of classical music in India. The North Indian tradition is called Hindustani and the South Indian which is called Carnatic. Both these traditions have a common origin but have grown apart over the centuries and developed very distinct styles. In this episode, I refer mostly to Hindustani as our guest Meena is a trained Hindustani singer. Singing and music is nothing but sequencing various tones your voice can produce. But it has such an emotional impact. Music makes us happy. Music energizes us. Music excites us. Some sad songs make us sad, too. Have you ever felt your mood change when you listen to a particular song? Or have you wanted to listen to a particular song because you were in a certain mood? It happens to me all the time. So how do you make music? What is the basis of music? Just like how you have characters or letters in a word, you have musical notes in a musical phrase. In Indian music, these musical notes have specific names. are called the sur sa re ga ma pa ni are the seven sur or the seven notes or the seven alphabets of music if you hear carefully each sur has a specific position sa will always be followed by re followed by ga and so on these seven notes are interspersed with five half notes and these 12 form a scale or an octave in more scientific language each sur has a specific frequency these are frequencies at which the sound produced is clear and pleasing. When that frequency is played on any musical instrument or even digitally played, a trained musician can make out which sur or note is played. Even my niece Veda can make that out. And you can combine these sur to form a musical phrase just like you can combine alphabets to make words and sentences. This is called alap. Now take a listen to this alap by Meena. Ni re ga
1: ma re ga ma ga re sa
0: If you combine the sur in a faster pace, it forms a tan. When you place many such musical phrases one after the other in a coherent way, it becomes a song. For those who learn music, it might be easy to learn these phrases in the language of Saregama. But for those like me who don't know music theory well, how do we enjoy music? Simple, just put words instead of Saregama. How? Let me show you an illustration with a song that every Indian would know. And now let's translate this into the language of Sarigama.
1: Gama
0: What you just listened to is called the notation for the song. When you give a tune for a song, it needs to be written down so that musicians understand how to play it. So we learnt what are Sur, alap, and tan. The amazing thing about Indian classical music is that you learn it very much the way you would learn a language. With language, once you've learned certain basic things like grammar and vocabulary, you start making your own sentences. In Indian classical music, once you've learned the basic notes, you are introduced to rags, which are like musical themes. It's called rag in North India and raga in South India. A rag or musical theme is created by choosing a specific set of notes from within an octave and then you're encouraged to start improvising and making your own melodies. It's really not that difficult to improvise melodies in a rag you're familiar with. A raag is characterized in part by specific ascent or aroha and descent or avroha sequences, king or vadi and queen or samavadi notes and characteristic phrases which are called pakad. Here is a very interesting way of explaining rags that I found on the internet site Rag Hindustani. So if you think of the octave as being the light spectrum, the musical notes would be like the colors in the spectrum and rugs would be like color schemes. By restricting yourself to only a few of the colors in the spectrum, you get a ready-made theme to work with. So let's say you choose a color scheme including violet, indigo, green, yellow and red. You could come up with any number of creative ideas for how to combine these colors for a beautiful effect. Every time you paint with this color scheme, the result could be something different give the same color scheme to someone else and they would add their own imagination to the equation and create a whole new dimension of variety. The possibilities of what can be done with any given color scheme are endless and yet all paintings in that color scheme would share an easily recognizable underlying quality that is distinct from paintings based on other color schemes. And that is how it is with a raga. All Indian classical music performances are presentations of one rag or the other. An artist chooses a rag which is the musical equivalent of a color scheme and then proceeds to paint a musical picture based on that rag for the audience. A performance can go on for well over an hour and is spontaneously improvised for the most part. Like Meena said, Indian classical music is a vast ocean. It gets inspiration from the nature around us. Calls of birds, dance of waterfalls, thundering clouds. It also draws inspiration from the changes in the surroundings that one sees. Like there are different songs for mornings, evenings and night. There are different tunes for summer, rains and winter. Different sets of notes that is different rags evoke different emotions. So when you see a rising sun, you get a feeling of calmness. You feel gratitude. You feel like praying. There are many morning rags that are to be sung in the morning and that create an atmosphere rich in these emotions. When monsoon arrives, the sound of thunder and flashes of lightning, the roaring of flooded rivers and streams have inspired musicians to create rag malhar. Other popular rags are Bhairavi, Basant Bahar, Bhim Palasi, Darbari, Hamsadhwani, Jayjaywanti, Malkons, Yaman, and many, many more. There is no exact count of rags in Indian classical music. Some say there are 500, some say 5000 and then someone even said that there are 4 lakh rags. Sometimes rags die out if people stop performing them. But then new rags are born all the time and some of them endure. Students first learn all the important rags and then spend many many long years mastering the rags of their choice. Now let's talk about tal or Rhythm. Remember when you were little and you banged dishes and spoons, drum tables with your hands? Your little younger brothers and sisters must be doing that now too. Isn't it fun to watch them? What they are really doing is making their own music. In Indian music, they have taken this act of banging things to a great height. You must have learned to the Tabla or pakwaj, which are the main percussion instruments of Hindustani, and Mirdangam, which is the main percussion instrument of Carnatic music. The Tabla is a set of two drums of different sizes and timbres that are played simultaneously by tapping on them with hands in various different ways to produce different kinds of sounds. These sounds are then strung together in sequences to create different thals or rhythms. Rhythm is basically the beats in the music. That's what makes you want to dance. My nieces Isha, Veda, and even one-and-a-half-year-old Mahi instinctively start dancing as soon as a number with peppy beats or rhythm starts playing. Listen to this tabla beat by Zakir Hussain. In Indian languages, musical instruments are called vadya and rhythm instruments are called tal vadya. Then there are string instruments. These are complete in themselves and they form such wonderful tones. They are called tantu vadya. Listen to this musical piece played on sitar. Sitar. is another set of instruments that have the keyboard, like harmonium, bulbul tarang. Listen to this piece on the harmonium. all enjoyed the beautiful rendition of vocals and musical instruments of hindustani music if you would like to explore more here are some suggestions pandit bhimsen joshi kishori amonkar kumar gandharva are some stalwarts of hindustani vocals pandit ravi shankar was a multiple grammy award winning sitar player pandit hari prasad chaurasia is known internationally as the greatest living master of bansuri or the flute Ustad Zakir Hussain is the most famous classical tabla player in India. Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma, the master of santur, a folk instrument from the valley of Kashmir. Ustad Amjad Ali Khan is a highly acclaimed sarod player. These are just a few names. Indian Hindustani music, with its roots dating back to 12th century AD, has so many legends and we have such a rich heritage that no one person can be an expert at everything. So go on and take a lesson to this wonderful, immersive world of Indian classical music.